DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. All right, we just had some technical difficulties with PK on remote. We're social distancing people. Two people sitting in a studio across from each other talking for hours isn't the best plan right now. We got him back now. We had Jason Buck on, and I was just saying, PK, before we had the issues, that uh, I haven't checked our social media, uh, but you know, I'm sure Jason's got strong opinions about stuff, and I'm sure some of our listeners agree with him, and I'm sure a good chunk of our listeners don't agree with him either, and, and there's probably stuff out there. Uh, I just don't feel the need to bring on only people who agree on the issues. You know, I know Jason and I don't agree about everything. What we have in common is a passion for sports and a passion for football. I didn't get to know him until after he was retired. But talking football with him, standing behind uh, the Lone Peak bench at a playoff game, it was a quarterfinal game, and uh, and he's talking to the guys in the second half and, and tra- trying to rally some of the D linemen, and it was both hilarious and enjoyable and poignant. It, it was awesome. I was glad I was there to hear it. It was so him and his passion for football. Now, having said that, you know, I, I don't really talk to him about it because I know what he thinks, and I don't feel the need to convince everybody of what I think. I think Washington should have changed the nickname on their football team a while ago. I think it means one thing to one group of people and it hurts their feelings and it makes them feel isolated and, you know, it's painful. It means something else to Jason. I think to Jason, it means RFK is full and he just sacked Danny White and, you know, the adrenaline is pumping and that's what it means to him. And I get that. And I still think it needed to change. I think it needed to change a while ago, but I don't feel the need to go over that with him, you know, all the time or to not have him on the air because of that. And I know I know you've been you've been in the grinder, you've been in the mixer in the last couple of weeks. So you've probably had time to think about this issue yourself. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously it does mean something to him. I mean, he's entitled to his opinion and you're free to disagree with his opinion. Uh, I would be more inclined to agree with you. You talk about a, a group of people who've been isolated. I mean, my gosh. The Native Americans, wow. I mean, just seeing it firsthand, living in Arizona. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I think it, people here on vacation maybe drive down to Four Corners. Okay, you know, sure, you know how, yeah. how far is that? Yeah. How desolate is that? Yeah. You, know? you don't have to go to Vernal. You really want to. Well, I mean, there's different, yeah, different places you can go. But for me, it was driving to Fourth way. Corners, and, yeah, I, and okay. I really thought, wow, you know, this, this is a long way from everywhere. You know, yeah, yeah. Why, why did it have to be like this? I understand your your thought process. Yeah, I think it's a bigger issue there. And I also wanted to say something. Uh, I don't know uh, that it's true that Kalani said, I won't hire you because you're not Polynesian. I mean, I think we have to give a uh, another side to that. Maybe it was, but I don't know. I can't take that as fact. I, I haven't heard that either way. I haven't heard that discussed. So right. I, I can't. Yeah, I don't know. So, I, I got to say, it surprised me when he said it. Um it's an accusation, and I think it needs to be the other side needs to be stated. Now, I'm not going to call up Kalani and say, "Do you want to respond to this?" I mean, that's he, that's unfair to him. But I just want to present that it may may not be true. I don't know if it is or it isn't, but I I can't take it as a fact. And no matter what I think of the individual who said it, I can't take it as a fact. That's the whole thing about what I said about journalism and the more in broadcast journalism. You know, I retweeted something yesterday about a uh, resignation of the Washington Post uh, opinion editor, and she put it out there. And then I got some 
some stuff about, uh, wow, way to go, you know, you're sticking up for the, the conservative. That really wasn't what it was about. That wasn't the point at all. I was not taking sides. I was trained in this business that you don't take sides when it comes to politics. Politics, you you present the facts from each side and let the viewer, the reader, the listener decide for him or herself. So when I retweeted that, I'm not on your side. I, I want to make sure that you under, that people understand that I was not making a political statement. What I was doing was the state of journalism, and I've spoken on this many many times on our air. I'm disgusted by the state of journalism it's changed dramatically to when i was growing up in the business as a young youngster in my 20s and all that stuff and the stuff where i got the training is you weren't involved in that uh you know you presented it and then you let the consumer but now it's all opinion based and you've got to come down on one side and condemn the other and that's not my game when it comes to politics so I am not involved in either side, so don't think I'm on your side because I'm not. Yeah, but opinion opinions become uh, lucrative, and I, I get it. Yeah, yeah sure. and there's way more of that when, when we were talking about this a week or so ago, you know. And I pointed out a couple things, and later on, I thought, man, why, why did I even go there? There's really like 15 things I want to point out. But you know, the segment wasn't for me to sit there and talk about how journalism has changed. But one thing I didn't mention is, well, how opinion how opinion used to be completely out of bounds except for one small group of people, you know, columnists and, and opinion page writers and that kind of stuff. Uh, but it was out of bounds for most people. And now it's expected from a lot of people. And people are like, well, journalism has changed. I'm like, yeah, literally the expectation has changed. And there are people who think it should change even more, that there should be even more opinion, that it would be more lucrative for newspapers if beat writers could have more opinion if everybody was a columnist, which would be another change and would push us even further away from what well, you and I grew up with. Yeah, I don't necessarily have a problem with that because that's not politics. I mean, that's, I'm talking about politics. I mean, sure, opinions, if it's, if it's, opinion in sports, I'm okay with. If it's, if it's good for one kind of reporting, so is it good for politics? Is it good for, uh, if you're reporting but, on medicine, you know, if you're reporting on, I don't know, whatever, you know, we can throw out a bunch of topics yeah i i, I get your point uh but and maybe it's two-faced by me and it wouldn't be the first time uh i like to think i'm not hypocritical i'm just two-faced <laughs> that uh i i to me i would encourage it more in sports because i think that's what drives sports is opinion this quarterback's great this quarterback isn't i mean that, to me that's fun it's not real life it's that's the fun of it uh, I was listening to Paul Pierce saying he thought uh, Doncic was the most skilled player in the NBA. All right, that's that's a different take. It's not outrage. It's not hurting anybody. It's not condemning either side. You know, it's not really who who cares in the final analysis. But yet, it made me think. Wow, Doncic is a twenty-year-old. I mean, the future looks so bright for this youngster playing hoops down there in Dallas for sure. And Paul Pierce was saying that. That's the kind of stuff I like. Because then I get debate, I get to debate it, but I'm not, it's not political, and I see a difference. And and if I get the point that you're making, you don't necessarily see a difference, and that's fine. I mean, you, to me, if you're you're saying, you know, if you're going to have it in one, have it in the other. I get all that, uh, but for me, it's different. I want real life. I, I, there's a place for opinion for sure. But it just seems like opinion has just taken over that mm -hmm. aspect of journalism. And that's yeah. what I was pointing out in the retweet. I was not making a conservative statement. 
Yeah. You know, hopefully I didn't ruin anybody's day. I can't <laughs> have that. Well, you might have ruined the day of the tweet, but you might have ruined now with what you just said now. It, it's so... Everybody's on such a fine edge now that anything can ruin anybody's day. I understand that. It's, yeah. I, I, put but, up, I, mean, I, I, I put up on Facebook 36 yeah. hours ago. Hey, I'd have to... I don't have it in my hand. But it's basically, you know, what's the best thing going on in sports now? And you know, looking for a topic, right? Is there something going on? Is there something we can talk about? Not like I was a string of negativity back. It was, just, <laughs> it was nothing. All the stupid politics. I'm done with it. It was just good. You can go on our Facebook page, DJ and PK. It's probably down about three posts now. And, and just look at the string of negativity. And all I asked was, what's, you know, what's the most positive thing going on out there? Uh, there was so little positivity. <laughs> it yeah, was 90% and- negative. I'm more with you in having divergence of opinion leads to better discussion, I think. Apparently, some people don't think that, and so be it. They're entitled to their opinions, too. But, you know, where do you stop with that? Uh, uh, the lightning versus uh, being shot. Well, I mean, that, that was an opinion, someone trying to make a point. It's easy to take a shot at me. Well, LeBron said that every time he walks out of his house, he has to worry. Well, I mean, that every single time, you better track every single time LeBron walks out of his house to make sure that he is under a potential threat. I mean, I think LeBron was making a point when he tweeted that, just like the other fellow was making a point when he said that. But if you want to get statistics on it, it's easy to take a shot at me. I'm a nobody. I get that. That's fine. So be it. Uh, I encourage some form of back-and-forth discussion on that. And I, I found it interesting that Jason Buck saying that, you know, he doesn't want any politics in sports. And a lot of people say that. I got a couple of thoughts that I wanted to add to that. Uh, I'm, I've determined that I'm not going to let the politics ruin my sports. So I'm going to watch it. So when I was watching RSL Sunday, they were wearing Black Lives Matters t-shirts on the sidelines. Well, it had no bearing on my effect on the game. No matter what I think of the Black Lives movement, and now I guess there's a discussion whether it's a movement or an organization. I mean, we're going to end up discussing whether the sun's hot or not at some point. And so... I didn't. It took nothing away from my enjoyment of watching the game. So if they want to do it and they want to have stuff on the back of their jersey, go ahead. I don't care. Go do what you want there. I'm into it to watch you guys play basketball. And if you want to do this other stuff and the league sanctioned it, you know, I would say, well, to, to me, in a sense, with the China thing, they lost credibility. And and but I would have done the same thing, man. If my money was at stake, well, I probably would back down to so i if i'm not calling them critical without calling myself hypocritical but if they want to get political it's not going to ruin my enjoyment because then where do i go like you with the opinions if i allow an opinion piece in a news story do i allow an opinion piece in sports and you're saying well wait a second here to me well if i get upset about politics and sports well then i better get upset about politics and music i better get upset about politics on in movies all forms of entertainment and i've just decided i'm not going to get involved in that just like it is with the labor issues Dak prescott wants a certain amount of money by all means Dak, get as much as you can I, it's whether you do or don't 
when the Cowboys take the field in the, in the season, I'm not going to be worried about that. I'm just going to be watching the Cowboys and see how Dak does trying to move the ball into the end zone. That's all I really care about. I, I did find it fascinating because I, th- I believe it's true what Jason said about how when you got in that huddle and you stood next to whomever it might be on your left, on your right, they probably come from a drastically different background fr- than you came from. But yet you guys are brothers and you got a mission, and that's to keep the other team out of the end zone because obviously he played defense. And you loved the guy next to you and you cared about him deeply, even though you came from a drastically different background. I find that fascinating when you get a team together, you have all these dynamics, but in the end, so many of these guys who've been in those huddles said that that person who was there, they love them. Tom Homo put out a thing on Twitter uh, a while back, how when he was in the defensive backfield meetings um, in San Francisco, those years that he played for the Niners, those were his brothers, man, and he would lo- he loved them dearly, and they came from different backgrounds, so sports can be a great unifier too and that's something that he said that I agree 100% with well it can and it's funny how it all comes full circle because we had Jason on and the first thing I asked him was about Washington changing the nickname and if you go back uh, you know Vince Lombardi is just an all-time name right I think the discussion now is you know is Vince Lombardi the guy or is Bill Belichick surpassed him you know is he the guy right but Vince Lombardi's an all-time all-time and he died too early because of cancer and after he left Green Bay he was GM and wasn't coaching for a year in Green Bay. And then he went to Washington, and they had been way down. And, and the NFL Network has a documentary. And I talked about it one morning in the uh, What Were You Watching last night. I watched it. It was so good. And PK really addressed this issue that, yes, Vince Lombardi had great talent in Green Bay. And when he went to Washington, he didn't. Uh, but even in his first year, he was making changes on their way, on their way up. And it got into... Um, all the the background in his family, uh, the background of guys on the team, all kinds of racial and social issues of the time. It, it was a different era in pro sports. He had guys on his team who were in the National Guard. And I didn't know this growing up in the West, but when I went back there for a, an RSL game against DC United in that stadium, when we were driving up to the stadium, I noticed there was an armory across the street. And I grew up in the West where, you know, it doesn't matter in San Diego going to that stadium or, or going to Dodger Stadium in L.A. You know, the stadiums are all surrounded. Uh, Candlestick, I used to go to that all the time. The stadiums are just surrounded by the sea of asphalt, right? There's ten to fifteen to 20,000 parking spots. And it was weird because this was in a neighborhood and there was some parking around RFK. But this armory was really close to what you would consider the front door of the stadium. And in this documentary, they're talking about how the National Guard was called out in Washington and there were players for that, that were on Vince Lombardi's roster who would stand guard all night and get to the stadium at 9 a.m. and play in a 1 p.m. game. And Lombardi had to juggle all of this and that that it wasn't the football that was, I mean, he was good at the football. And, you, and the NFL Films has the chalk talk. We're getting the seal here, the seal there. We're running to daylight, right? We've all seen that clip. And But they were talking about in this documentary, and the ex-players go into it, that his genius was how he molded all these personalities from all these backgrounds. I mean, can you imagine now when you've got all these performance experts and I think they do find, you know, small inefficiencies, getting guys better nutrition, getting guys better uh, sleep and all that adds to a better performance. But Lombardi didn't have that luxury. He had guys standing guard duty, freezing their butts off all night and showing up at nine in the morning. And then he had to decide how much to play him. 
and he was awesome at it. It's a one-hour documentary. Highly recommend it if you see it. If for no other reason than he's this legendary name that I don't remember. By the time I was following football, he'd already passed away. But it was it's just an awesome documentary. But it's it's what you say about and what Jason was saying about the brothers in the huddle. Lombardi was apparently a genius at that. Yeah, it's interesting how those guys get along like that. Uh, so, you know, I think sports, you know, talk about how it's taken on a lot of negativity right now. And uh, I'll go back and look and see those responses on Facebook to get a better idea of what you're talking about. Uh, but there's still a lot of good that can come from it. And maybe it's a lot of good that you don't necessarily see on the surface. But maybe the, the, you, know, you try to it's, it's impossible for me to put myself in anybody else's shoes, literally and figuratively, unless they're a size 10, of course. Uh, but try to understand where they're coming from uh, to, to get a better understanding of my fellow man, wherever that man might be in his experience. And I use man as general neutral. It's you know, obviously it could be either or. Or whatever, I guess there's, a, I may offend the people if I say either or and genders, but the whole idea is to try to understand. So I think there's some good from, from sports that can come, even with, even if I disagree with the political nature of it, does that necessarily make it bad? Even if I disagree, and I just want my sports to be an outlet. Charles Barkley spoke about this, I think it was over the weekend, might have been up when he was over at Tahoe playing in that golf. I, I, that's, I saw it over the weekend, I'm not sure when, when he said it, but he was talking about how he was concerned about sports going down the wrong road and becoming too political and turning people off. And I get that. I, I understand that. I made the decision that anybody who kneels before the game in NFL football is not going to turn me off. It's just, it just isn't. I'm, an, I'm a sports fan, so maybe I'm just uh, going to be naive about it and just ignore it. But even though I say that, you can't ignore it. It's going to be there, and I do read about it, but I'm not going to have it – lessen my enjoyment but at the same time uh i can maybe i can learn some stuff that i didn't necessarily know about myself and, and we had Locke on a couple weeks back and he was talking about how he took a little bit of offense to someone who said they didn't view his marriage as an interracial mar- marriage but it is it is and whether you view it or not it is, even though that person may have, and I know who the person was who said it to him because he told me, uh, they didn't mean any harm by it, but so you can have a little bit of a discussion there, and one side can learn a little bit from the other, and the one vice versa. I just don't see how that's bad, and in order to get to that point, you have to have discussion, but it just can't be a one-sided discussion. If we want things to be better and we want to have true progress, we need to discuss all the problems because all the problems aren't coming from one side. Some of it might be self-inflicted. Some of it might not be either. But I won't know until I have discussion on all these different top types of topics that can make me learn. And as I said a million times, the qualifier is I have zero answers to any of this issue, these issues, way beyond my simpleton brain. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Uh, I think that it's crucial that, uh, you know, whatever you think, and obviously Jason and I think some stuff that's alike, and we think some stuff that, you know, we're just on total opposite pages. But I really think, you know, the more we read these stories, and maybe, you know, you, not you personally, PK, but the bigger you listening, uh, you know, don't believe it. Uh, you know, I, I do. I do think they're bots. I do think they're, they're foreign actors who'd like to see things stirred up in the U.S. It's to their advantage. 
I think that reading the comments section, I don't think they're all real. I think they're bots. And I, I think there's people sitting half a world away uh, looking to divide people and inflame tensions and just fan the flames as much as they can. So I think when you find people who you don't agree with, you know, politically, they're in a way different space than you. I think it's important for the future of our country looking, you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the line. And granted, there's no guarantee you and I are going to be alive in 30 years. I guess there's no guarantee we'll be alive in 30 days either. But uh, you get the point. I, I think for the future of the country, it's really important that people who are in different places still maintain relationships and friendships based on what they can find in common. That if we're just going to be, uh, you know, just punching each other in the neck all the time, that that's got a cumulative impact for the country. That's awful. You know, it's awful. So everybody isn't in the same political space and you can take 50 issues and you know, maybe you agree about five and maybe you agree about 15 and maybe you agree about 35. Um, but you got to try to bond over what you have in common and acknowledge you're never, we are never all going to be in the same place on all these issues. That isn't happening, you know? So what you talk about when you say that one-to-one agreement and we just can't have the top of our heads explode when somebody's in a way different space than us. You know, that, that is well, not yeah. healthy for the country. And we got to we got to fight the urge to do that. And right now, that, that's from where I sit. I don't see that happening very often. <laughs> Man, people are just they're just going nuts. And, and you got to be able to, to get along with folks who are in a different place than you. Well, let me experience it. You talk about getting along with folks. This comes a tweet that I was able to see on Twitter from obviously on Twitter. If it's a tweet, uh, Nicholas Dunn. I stopped listening to them speaking, you and me, DJ and PK, a long time ago. PK makes mistakes being loud with being witty. This is on brand from him. He's an a-hole, and he spelled out a-hole. That's what I got because I presented a point of view from somebody else. He's an a-hole. I wonder if my freaking foster daughter thinks I'm an a-hole, DJ. (laughs) See, you don't want me to bring that up, and then you bring it up. Now that the door's open, can I just right. walk through it? <laughs> no. No. He's an a-hole. I know. That's what I got. I know. But they don't, but they don't know you took in four kids. And, and the background story on those four kids, and, you know, they, they have been victims. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't also at the same time, to some level, eventually control their own destiny. You know, because I think, you know, the choices they make matter. But, you know, what they've had to go through in life versus what... Uh, I've gone through what Yach has gone through and what you've gone through all added together. You know, what a crazy backstory. And yet it's theirs, you know, and, and to a certain degree, they're victims. And to a certain degree, how much do they take that? And in the long run, and it's way harder for them to do than for me to say, you know, but how much do they leverage that? And it makes them better. You know, how much, you know, that that whole cliche about your greatest weakness is your strength and your greatest strength is your weakness, right? And so, and and with help from you and your wife, and you've put in a lot of time on this foster kid, not the only foster kid you've had under your roof, um, you know, and how much do they put in? But to, you know, we need to, we need to recognize that not everybody starts from the same place and and their backstory oh no oh my gosh no wow and and there are probably people with worse worse backstories than them but you know they these these kids have stuff to overcome 
and, and hopefully they do. And I think I'm, you know, I, I've seen it from a distance. I've, you know, I've heard the stories, you know, I've spent a little bit of time, uh, you know, one night at a jazz game, one time down at channel two. Um, but it's, it's curious to see people fight through, you know, the resilience of the human spirit. It would be easier just to roll over. It'd be real easy. So if you're getting good grades in school, you haven't rolled over, you know, if you find a way to get to college, yeah, if you find a way to get to college, you're beating the odds, the odds are stacked against you. You know, that all those, all that stuff has been um, tracked over the years and you know, the numbers you've told them to me, you know, but Hey, maybe they're going to pull it off, you know? So intriguing. We'll see. Uh, But I want to, I want to make this clear that uh, you remember at the end of Godfather, when Kay is asking Michael if he had Carlo killed, and he said, don't ask me about my business. Yeah. And he said, just this one time, I'll let you ask me about my business. <laughs> There's so, a line in The Godfather for everything in life, including this. <laughs> so we referenced the first time it's ever been referenced, and it'll be the last time it's ever been referenced. I'll let you bring it up one time. <laughs> one time, DJ! One time! Oh man! Now is now is Yach gonna walk over and slowly close the door? Yes. <laughs> Hold on, because yes. I gotta tell you, yes. the details matter. If that door had been slammed, the tension wouldn't have been the same. The the, the oh, door no. moves so slowly. Critical. A good director. You're his wife, but you're on the outside, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you forget it. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK. Uh, some of the negativity when I asked for positivity, you said you want to go look at the comments. Um, nothing. There is nothing best about sports right now. Uh, another one. If That's it's really true. a BLM plant painted on the floor, I may be done with these spoiled brats. Brats, all caps. Uh, best thing. We all learned we can live without it. Uh, the best thing about sports uh, now. I already is knew I that. The best thing about sports now is that I don't miss it like I thought I would. I'm doing more yard work, getting more projects done, spending more time with my family. It's quite refreshing. <laughs> I miss it even more. For the first time in my life, first time in my life, last night, you know what I didn't do what that didn't I've done do? every year? What? I didn't watch the MLB All-Star game. Oh, yeah, right. Yep. There were two of them on, though. And I missed it. I was channel surfing. The 2016 and 2019 game were on. Of course, I watched more of 2016 because it was in San Diego. I Bright. did. I bought you a T-shirt on it. Bright uh, sunshine. It, yeah. I mean, I, I get that, uh, but I that that's it's a simple pleasure in my life, and at the very least, and I say this at the very least, I'm not gonna let these guys screw up my simple pleasure. Now it runs much deeper than that because I don't necessarily think they're screwing it up, but I'm just putting a bottom line point that I'm trying to make. I don't need sports, but I miss sports more than ever. All right, DJ and PK. It's, not, it. it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Ow! Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net! Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Houston Rockets guard James Harden arrived yesterday in Orlando five days after the team flew in. The franchise has not disclosed the reason for Harden's delayed arrival. Denver Nuggets center Nikola Jokic cleared quarantine in Orlando and has officially rejoined his teammates in the bubble. Sacramento Kings forward Harrison Barnes announced he's tested positive for COVID-19. He's quarantined while waiting clearance 
to travel to Orlando. He says he's been asymptomatic. And newly signed Nets forward Michael Beasley has left the NBA bubble after testing positive for COVID-19, according to reports. Beasley's been signed as a substitute player, and it is unknown if he'll rejoin the team in Orlando. That's your Back to Basketball update presented by Zions Bank on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. To all my fellow NBA players, don't call the snitch hotline. Don't cross the line to get Postmates. Don't fly L.A. work out. And last but not least, the Brooklyn Nets are coming for you. That's the way it works. Spencer Dinwiddie, Brooklyn Nets guard right there. We've been talking NBA. He was talking about not calling the snitch hotline. That's become a thing. We've seen a couple players have to re-quarantine. Aaron Falk said that the day and a half they had to do of quarantine, it was 36 hours or so when they got there, uh, was brutal, and the, the mere thought of having to mess that up and having to do another week. It's 10 days, actually. 10 days. That, talk about scared straight. Aaron Ooh, Falk. I thought you were going to say something else. Writer <laughs> <laughs> for UtahJazz.com. He's living and working in the bubble. He joined us earlier this morning. Your takeaways from our conversation with Eric for the people who missed it. Aaron? Aaron, uh, yeah, Well, he's... He, He's got a great sense of humor, which I already knew. Talked to him many, many times. He used to work at the Tribune. Uh, that I think that the guys are trying to make the best of the situation. It's an unusual situation, but they're out there trying to do what they can to, to get back to play ball. And there's going to be some hiccups and all that stuff. And uh, it's hard for me to say, oh, it's not that bad. I have no relative experience on that. I know, to me... When I worked all those years for the Watchdog and I did all that traveling, I always, always loved the games. But the boredom of the road had taken its toll, you know, and I was looking for something different. And I got it, fortunately. Good for me. Uh, And now I do a little bit of travel, uh, but I'm older now. Uh, wife will come with me on a lot of the trips, so the boredom, and it's so quick, you know, just doing the football. The football really never bothered me. It was the basketball, because every other week in the college basketball, you're going on the road for five or six days, and after a while, it just it just got to you. So I can, it's I'm not going to sit here and criticize these guys because I sort of was in that spot. Now I wasn't making all that kind of money, but you know they're making sacrifices for the good of the cause, so to speak. And I appreciate this. Ed Orgeron, just, I was just reading uh, this morning, he's probably going to take heat for it. You can go see it. I think it's on their ESPN, their story list that they have, because it involved, uh, he was with the vice president, so, and they're having some kind of roundtable discussion. And once you bring in the vice president, you got all that crap going on there. And he was saying basically the country needs football. Football is the lifeblood of this country. Now, he's probably going to take heat for that. We can deal with this virus. I'm paraphrasing this to an extent, but you can go look for it. I'll see for yourself. I hear what he's saying, uh, and I relate it to 
what the NBA is doing now and what MLB, you know, we're a week away from MLB, MLB starting. I found out that they're at these scrimmages, they're putting them online mm-hmm. that you can watch on the team's website. Yeah. Because I was listening to the Diamondbacks manager. I didn't know it because I'm an idiot. I, I'm such a f- loser. I would have done it. I would have watched it. If I would have known, I would have watched it. I, I literally would have watched it. I didn't know that it was available. Uh, so the point being is that I think it's going to be great when we get stuff back. And it, it's going to be a real, real blow to a lot of different people if there's not college football. Because uh, I, I view college football as the second most popular sport behind the NFL. I know they play the same sport, basically. But it's that popular, particularly in our community. And if it's not going to happen, it's like, oh, my gosh. That's just really going to suck. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I don't know if we need it, but it's more along I want it. And I think it could help. I think it could help us. I think it would be a good diversion. At the least, it could be a good diversion. And it could be more than that, but I'm just going bottom line. Well, I think that you got to file it under the bigger, bigger category, entertainment, and people are starved for that. In different segments of entertainment, you know, the music industry, okay, you can't go to a concert, but you can still listen to your music, right? You, know, you got it on your phone or whatever, your computer. Uh, and then they've kind of adapted by doing these, uh, you know, online acoustic concerts, you know, from home, different people pop up or whatever. So you get a taste of it, you know, for movies and TV. Well, you know, in the digital universe, there's all kinds of stuff on demand. Uh, Scotty G tweeted out, he's going back to watch community. It was this, you know, hit sitcom relatively, I guess. Awesome. Awesome sitcom. Okay. So is it better than parks and rec? Yes. Really? I would take it hands down over Parks and Rec. I just started watching Parks and Rec because like we finished Parks The Rec. Office. Which is better, The Office? I never watched The Office. You know okay. This. So well, see, those all, three... personal opinion. Yeah, those three are all out there, and so you can still consume that. So the people who get their entertainment there, they've kind of found a way to work with it and offset what they're missing. But over here with live sports, you haven't found a way to work with that and really miss... You know, you just miss it. You know, you really can't offset that. You can watch a few documentaries and that, but it's those take a long time. And I feel like I, I've seen the backstory now from and, the and Golf Channel fine. to the NFL Network to ESPN. I think I've seen the ones I need slash want to see. I was jamming to the Partridge family yesterday you were not. as I was mowing the lawn. I was too. Don't tell me that. <laughs> you Don't listen- you dare tell me that. You were listening I to the Partridge family. Hey, I think I love you. So what am I so afraid of? I'm afraid that I'm not sure of. A love there is no cure for. For, for. Yeah, because when you see them in concert, when he said love there is no cure for, the crowd throws back three or four fours at Keith. Yeah. How dare you say I wasn't jamming to the Partridge family? You have no right to say that to me. Let's talk about foster care. No. <laughs> George foster care, maybe. Oh. Tremendous outfielder 51, from the South Bay. 51 home runs. Boy, if they'd been wrote it up, yeah. wrote it up back in the day, he'd have hit 100. He would have hit He grew 100. up in Hawthorne. Holy George cow. Foster. Absolutely. You know what's funny? My mother's maiden name was Foster. How about Small that? World. Small world. I don't think they were related, though. Maybe back in the Adam and Eve sense. Uh, anything else from Aaron and Life Inside the Bubble? For all the Jazz fans joining us here in the 9 o'clock hour, you can hear that interview 
at uh, 1280thezone.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, good stuff with Aaron. I, I totally believe what he said about nobody knows when you step into the bubble who's really going to look good. I don't think we're going to know after one game. I mean, it, it's a different sport. It's a different deal. But right across the Walt Disney Complex, uh, teams that have looked bad in their first game at the MLS bubble have looked much better in their second. I think these eight games... You know, we're, we're going to watch the first regular season game and decide this team sucks, this team's checked out. But I think we're really going to need to check back around game five or six before we know that. Because some teams will hit the ground running, and some teams may take a little while to get into it. We're not going to know that right away, I don't think. See, I think that we're going to see the talent take care of itself. And the teams who had the best talent after 65 games approximately, we're going to find that they have the best talent for a reason, and they're going to manif- it's going to manifest itself when we get to this postseason. Maybe there's eight games that you're talking about. Okay, fine. But when we get to their version of the postseason, because I think these guys are going to be so jacked because they're going to view it like the old NFL players used to view Monday Night Football Everybody's watching you because there's no other games. Mm -hmm. And it's so intense that the world is going to be focused on us because we're going to have this unusual situation. And people are going to check it out if for no other reason than curiosity. Now, for me... And I think you and and Yak too. We're we're more we're beyond the curiosity stage. We're into it because we're into it. Uh, but I think there's going to be some people who are going to check it out, and it's going to get publicity beyond maybe what it normally did. So when you see the national nightly news with uh, what's her name, Nora O'Donnell or whatever it is that, that comes on between your newscast at five and six, that they're going to be broadcasting about that where they normally wouldn't unless something unusual happened. You know, when Jordan wins his uh, consecutive uh, three-peat, I'm sure they had it on the nightly news then the next night. Mm-hmm. But uh, usually they don't have it. I think in this circumstance, they're going to have it for the competition, the unusual nature, the no fans, the politics that are going to be involved. So these players, they love the spotlight on them. They're so used to having the spotlight on them. Now, in a weird way, they're going to have the spotlight on them more so than if it was a regular June playoff series. Yeah, I can buy that. I I can buy that. And I like the old Monday night football thing where, you know, everybody's watching. You know, I can see that too. Yes. Uh, you know, so these guys are going to be jacked to play. The talent, the talent gap is real. I do think there'll be um, a little bit of the team can't get its mojo back, and these guys have checked out. But I, I think that's largely going to fall to what you say: the teams that are less talented that know they don't have a shot. So it may not be as obvious to us, you know, is it because they've checked out or because they don't have enough talent? Well, both things are true, and they're out so fast that we're really not going to be focused on them anyway. Uh, maybe so, but when you see a 35-year-old LeBron busting it and you're JaVel McGee or Kuzma or whoever you might be on that Laker team, it's like the old thing we heard many, many times over when the statues are given their all that you have no choice but to give your all because they're the stars, and if they're laying it out all on the line, you're going to. You're going to follow the trend that they set. So I think it's going to be the same type of deal here that – when you see Antetokounmpo, Antetokounmpo out there balling, 
whoever you are on Bledsoe or whomever you are on the uh, Bucks, you're going to ball too. You probably would do it anyway, but certainly you're going to do it now if for no other reason that, well, your star's doing it. I better fall in line here. I've never worried about the the Bucks, the Clippers, and the Lakers. They they all have a real shot at the championship. You know, I, I think you got to go down a ways. Okay, and, then and, go Damian Lillard. Go Damian Lillard, the Trailblazers. Right. If you if you're if you see him balling out, whoever you might be on that team, Zach Collins, whoever it is, you're gonna ball out. All right, that's a team. He's a really good player, but they're not expected to be in the finals. Well. If you see him saying, come on, guys, let's go, that's going to motivate you. you. And I believe these guys are have the intrinsic motivational uh, tool themselves to be able to do it. But certainly the other guys, when they see the stars do it, they're going to follow. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. That's some of the stuff we've been talking about during this show, and it is brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at lhmdeals.com. Your feedback coming up next. And it's all over almost here. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Feedback of the day is brought to you by Audi Salt Lake, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or online at AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Uh, predictably, there were a lot of people who did not like the Jason uh, Buck interview, PK. We got a lot of feedback. I won't I won't read all of it. Uh, Revolio, that Jason Buck interview is embarrassing. His worldview is outdated and offensive. Uh, I learned that Jason Buck couldn't make it in politics because he couldn't beat up the nerds. Yeah, and he did that. say that. I thought, wait a minute, you know, I, I've been a nerd and a pencil neck geek my whole life, Jason. You're talking about me. Easy. You're talking about me. Yeah, talk about somebody else. Yeah, but you're talking about me. Oh, man. Uh, me and Jason, I think that uh, he probably not only would not need both hands, I don't think he would need all five fingers on a hand to beat me up. Uh, Greg, uh, listening to Jason talk about changing the nickname, well, in Jason's case, not changing the, nick- changing the nickname, I understand the sentimentality to a point, but what a tone-deaf discussion. An NFL mascot called the Mountain Meadows Mormons might offend your heritage. Okay, sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, is, is this guy for real? Does he even connect his brain with his tongue before he speaks? And the fact is that you guys just let him run it. And that's what I was telling you about, letting other people with other opinions. But if the opinion's too far, people don't want to hear it at all. So there's always going to be that line, and we're never going to agree where it is. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. You know, what uh, what is acceptable as far as the divergence of opinion? Where do you draw the line? I don't have an answer for that. And uh, you know, this, this line thing has always fascinated me because we're supposed to have interesting and provocative radio. Well, sometimes you get to the line. Sometimes you go over the line. Uh, but where is the line? And the line is decided by... Uh, very, it's everyone decides their own line, and then when we have to answer to management, where do they draw the line? And 
you're, you you try to do the best you can. Sometimes you're not as good as others. Uh, I think by and large, though, i got to say our management has been okay with this, and they've been fine. Sometimes we get close to the line. Sometimes I go over the line. But here I am 18 years later, so obviously they still supported me. But that line that we draw, particularly for comedians, because you see this from time to time, where comedians will try to be funny, and yet it's viewed as revolting and way over the line. But their job is to push the line. And sometimes when that's your job, to be straddling the line or get close to the line, push the line, by definition, you're probably going to go too far. And there was a couple of points there when Jason was talking, I was cringing. But I don't know what to do. What Did I, did I jump in and say, hold it a second, get him off the air. Yeah, know, do I, I do know, that right. to a guest? How do I handle that? You know what I mean? I, so I, I just backpedaled and I said, well, I'll just let DJ handle it and, and I won't worry about it. Thanks, DK. <laughs> Uh, but to your, to your point about comedians, we were watching, uh, we started watching Parks and Rec. And, and my daughter likes it. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's it's 21 minutes. You blow through an episode. You can watch two, maybe three. And we're done. We can't Ron truly. Ron Swanson's my hero, by the way. <laughs> you know what? I, I I mean, I knew the actor and I kind of knew the character, Hoffman, yeah. but I didn't get it. Oh, now you're But now it. that I see the, the one we watched last night is the one where he has a hernia, but he doesn't want to admit it. So he doesn't move in the chair all day hilarious hilarious he doesn't do anything and he's hilarious uh so we're watching parks and rec now that show's not that old i'd have to go back and look but i would say if you're watching season one or two you're watching something that's maybe eight years old it came out late 2000s i think 2008 2009 okay so maybe watching and there's a joke made and my daughter immediately said that joke didn't age well (laughs) <laughs> it like it hasn't aged that far, you know. <laughs> like Seinfeld doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but it was 25 years ago, right? Well, it was on a long time, so it was 20, 25, 30 years ago. But Ballpark was 25 years ago. This is a much more recent show, and already there's stuff that doesn't age well in it because already, you know, the mentality of the nation's in a different place than it was a decade ago. So. All right, DJ and PK, we're about out of time. Hans and Scotty are coming up next. Lloyd has just rolled in, ready to go. Uh, he got the Goonies reference that we didn't get earlier in the show, PK. He was on it. Lloyd made sure that well, was I knew like it was the, fake. The that, first that the bottom thing. line, that was fake. Yeah. First thing, he let me know. Yeah, I'm, I'm on that. I got that. All right, DJ and PK, we'll see you tomorrow.